and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. It is I, your humble yet glorious host, Michael Shibley, the ace of Tennessee sports podcasting, here with you on another glorious edition of Modern Day Gladiators on the Outlander Media Network. We've got another just fantastic show lined up for you. My goodness, the baseball postseason starting as I'm recording this. We've got, of course, everything going on in the NFL. Big news out of California. The NCAA could completely change as we know it. As the bill has been passed, we'll talk about that. My goodness, and of course, the biggest wrestling week ever since at least WWE bought out WCW back in 2001. My goodness, it's a huge week. I'm going to guide you through it. We got a big one going on. And of course, my beloved Tennessee Vols didn't lose the bye week, which is always good. They are taking on Georgia right now. I think it's a 26-point line. Home underdogs. I don't know if that's the largest line Yet, I don't know. I'd have to dive back into it. I have a feeling one of those Alabama games from the past couple of years could be larger, but my goodness. Anyway, of course, we'll break down in more detail everything going on in the world of college football, especially that Tennessee-Georgia matchup, as, of course, it's going to be myself and Trey Pack and maybe some special guests with us for the Georgia week. They've been on the show before. I'm sure if you're a big-time listener to Modern Day Gladiators, if you follow me on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley, you know who it's probably going to be. And of course, check everything out at Modern Day Gladiators at OutlanderMedia.net. You can check out every other great show we've got. DLC Respawn, Haffle, oh my goodness, Geeks Inherited the Earth, uh, Deadbeat Radio, I mentioned uh, DLC Respawn, I'm mentioning all these great shows, uh, Night Terrors, Scared Stupid, we've got some just fantastic stuff coming your way. You can check it all out. Of course, again, outlandermedia.net. You can listen to everything there. And of course, wherever you get your fine podcast at Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts, wherever you are, please like, subscribe, share, give us those five-star reviews. We will love you forever. If you do, it helps spread the word so we can take over the world even faster than we're already planning on doing it. And you can come along for the ride and be a part of it that whole way. Catch the wave. Outlander Media is coming to take over the podcasting world. And we want you to be there with us. And of course, the Modern Day Gladiators Facebook and Instagram pages. Give us a like there. You can catch quick updates, especially with all this wrestling news that's going to be happening this week. My goodness, I can't cover it all here because some of it's happening after this recording. So, my goodness, you got to stay with me. I'm going to have some great updates and we'll break it all down real quick. Just like, just like the wonderful social media world, really nice and snappy, we're going to take care of that. So all that's done, let's dive into the world of college football. Of course, Tennessee did not play. They are going to be taking on Georgia. Big thing before we get onto this, I know they're going to talk a lot about this probably on the national broadcast and even locally where they're going to be comparing the rebuild jobs that uh, Kirby Smart has done with Georgia compared to what Pruitt has currently done with Tennessee. Don't listen to that narrative at all. Completely different scenarios. You talk about the talent that was left when Kirby Smart got the job, when Mark Rick left, compared to what was left when Butch Jones left here on Rocky Top. My goodness, that is a completely different set of players and skills and everything. So don't listen to that at all. Again, it's going to take, as we can see, a long time to get Tennessee back to where we all want them to be competing and winning championships. So We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that 
of course, on the Friday show. But let's dive into everything else that happened over the week in college football. Crazy week where number one was pushed on the road. Clemson barely escaping in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Mac Brown electing to go for two with about a minute 15 left, scoring that touchdown. And they did not get it. I am never going to fault you for going for two in the wind. Especially you got the number one team on the ropes. You got a shot to take them down. You take that shot. You go for it. Yeah, you could play overtime at home. You can give me that argument. I'm not going to take it. You go for the win in a situation like that because Clemson was eventually going to find their groove and they had stopped North Carolina's offense. I think North Carolina had to make at least two fourth down conversions on that touchdown drive. So you see that, you go for the win now. The play call was terrible. Hindsight being what it is, I'm not running an option like that. I was not a big fan of that. If you're going to run it, at least give them an option to throw the damn ball, and that did not happen. But my goodness, you look at Clemson, this game and then everything that's been going on with Clemson, when you look at it and you look at the ACC, I've talked about this on previous episodes of the podcast, I don't think at this point, as terrible as the rest of the ACC is, I don't think Clemson can afford a loss. Even if they lose one game, even if they lost this one to North Carolina, and then you go and build, I just don't think, depending on what happens, I don't think Clemson, with the schedule that they've got, even with that Texas A&M win, and A&M's going to have to start winning some games that matter at some point to establish them as a tough non-conference opponent. But other than that, I think Clemson could be in some trouble if they find a way to lose one of these games. I don't think they are. I think they're going to run undefeated. But again, if you take your glasses off, your hindsight glasses, and look at just this season compared to last season, Clemson right now, one month through the season, just does not look like the team they were last year. They look just shaky. They look like some of those Ohio State teams back in the mid-2000s and and late 2000s where they beat up on a weak Big Ten and then just got destroyed by the SEC. Or you look at even Florida State with Jameis Winston in his second year after winning the national championship. We'll see. Maybe this close call will wake them up and they'll just blow everybody out. They're probably going to blow everybody out anyway. They're favored, I think, going to be favored by more than 17 points in all of those matchups. And who knows who they're going to end up playing in that ACC championship game as Virginia now losing to Notre Dame. That's not a conference loss, but it did expose Virginia. And again, the rest of the ACC is not good. Meanwhile, you look at Alabama, they still have not beaten top teams like Auburn, LSU, and Georgia. Right now, if I was going to have my top four teams in the college football playoff based on, again, what I have seen this season on the field... My four teams are Auburn, LSU, and Georgia for all big non-conference losses, and also Auburn for taking care of Texas A&M, have the best in-conference win so far. And then Ohio State. Ohio State, embarrassing. My goodness, they beat the snot out of Nebraska and Lincoln. That was just a beatdown of epic proportions. I could have completely misjudged the boat there with Ryan Day and seeing that it was going to take at least a season for them to get going. But, I mean... Fields and Dobbins have been a just incredible combination. And again, we talked about this last week. So many of the big games for the Buckeyes are happening in the horseshoe, except that game at the end against Michigan. And who knows what state of mind Michigan's going to be in by the end there. But Alabama, they just have not beaten really a lot of top teams 
at this point, yes, their offense, again, clicking on all cylinders, but that defense has got some issues. But when you've got probably historically one of the best wide receiving cores out there, and you look even probably the third best of those wide receivers was Devontae Smith, and he got five touchdowns against Ole Miss this last week. So hats off to him. What a record that was. What a great day that they had but again that's my rankings for the teams I would have in the playoffs the eyeball test is showing me Auburn LSU and Georgia are in out of the SEC and then I've got Ohio State they have looked incredible Oklahoma I would also have on the outside looking in because again they haven't played anybody just pretty much like Alabama when it comes to so far now of course we've still got two months of the season left to go but that's just, again, my opinion. That's what I think uh, we'll see again as the rest of the season shapes up. Alabama and Clemson might still be there at the end, but right now I would not have either of them in my four-team college football playoff. Meanwhile, the Pac-12, notice I didn't mention any of them, pretty much out of it right now as October has come because California lost. And, of course, that lives Larry Scott, the Pac-12 commissioner, is just again, trumping up the idea of asking for an 18 playoff. I've always been a big fan of the 18 playoff because, again, I think when you run into a conference that's still top to bottom pretty good, I would rather have the Pac-12's teams top to bottom than I would the ACC's at this point. You look at everything, they're beating each other up, but, I mean, who's to argue that Oregon or Washington with one loss, especially one of these early season losses that they had, is going to be better than an undefeated Clemson going into that playoff. I would say give them a shot, maybe even seed them eighth, but then have them play at Clemson. And if they beat them, it shows they were a better team. We'll have to see how that all shapes up in the future. But the Pac-12, it, it sucks that you're just negating so much of your television audience already having the Pac-12 almost be meaningless in the college football playoff race. At least it looks like that by October. So that sucks. You also look to October. You've got some big matchups happening, especially in the SEC. These could be fun. The biggest trio is going to be Auburn, Florida, and LSU are pretty much playing a round-robin tournament to see which one of those teams is going to be with Alabama challenging in that SEC West or East. And then Georgia, you're going to see if a contender is going to rise or is it still just going to be Alabama and Georgia in the SEC. Alabama is at Florida this Saturday. And then, of course, you've got Florida at LSU on October 12th. So what a turnaround there for Florida. Meanwhile, Auburn then travels to Death Valley. The Tigers versus the Tigers, not the Missouri Tigers, not them, uh, playing on October 26th. So you got to favor LSU because they've got both Florida and Auburn at home and a little bit later in the season. So I would go with LSU to get that. And then that would, of course, set up the showdown with Alabama on November 9th. A couple of other big, big games that we've got happening this week. Iowa at Michigan. This is almost a circle the wagons type game for Jim Harbaugh. If Iowa comes in and knocks off Michigan, Michigan could just kiss their playoff hopes goodbye at that point. And Iowa's a good, solid team. Kirk Ferentz has always had just great, solid teams there in Iowa. It is in Michigan, so you'll see if Iowa starts to play really well, is that crowd going to turn on Jim Harbaugh, which would just be amazing to see out of everything. But we'll see if Jim Harbaugh is worth the, what they're paying him. This is a big one for him. Michigan State at Ohio State. Michigan State with that great defense, it looked like it showed some cracks in it 
against Indiana last week. But again, if you got great defense that's up for a big game against the Buckeyes, they can stay in it. But we'll see. This is definitely going to be the best defense Ohio State has faced so far this season. But again, they get them in the horseshoe. I still have Ohio State winning that game. And of course, you've got Cal who tumbled out of the top 25, losing to Arizona State and Oregon. Oregon, again, trying to make a statement, them and Washington, neither of them can screw up again until at least they play each other. They can't have a loss to at least have some mention of themselves in that college football playoff race. And a hats off as well, a couple of other college football notes here. Uh, SMU, a hats off to them. They are in the AP Top 25 at 24th spot for the first time since they came back from the death penalty back in 1989. What a just a climb that they've had out of that death penalty and then through purgatory and all of that. I mean, watch again the Pony Excess documentary that ESPN did. I talked about how great and one of my favorites on the 30 for 30 series. My goodness. Everything that they've had, the June Jones era at least brought them back to winning football. But Sonny Dykes, he had a, a bad stop at Cal, but he's in SMU. He's done great. And of course, it helps. You got a really good Texas transfer quarterback in Shane Buscelli, who's leading the way. They're undefeated this year, 5 and 0, and they're also 10 and 4 in their past 14 games. So don't sleep on the Mustangs. Maybe they'll be able to make some noise and be up there with Boise State and Central Florida. We'll see what happens there. Meanwhile, Rutgers already starting the coaching carousel, starting early as they have fired their coach, David Ash. He's had eight wins in three-plus seasons. Honestly, I don't understand why you just fire him a month into the season. Either let him finish the damn season. It's Rutgers. You know, this is, what, do, what, do you expect to ha- what did you expect to happen with them? this isn't the NHL where just changing a coach is going to change these guys around. They're playing in the Big Ten now, for crying out loud. What do you expect? You've got to get somebody and hit them. Let him finish out the season, for crying out loud. But the interim guy is going to help bring in better recruits? I don't see that. I could be wrong. I just think that's just a bad play there by Rutgers. Either fire him at the end of last season or wait until the end of this season or at least into November. Let him try and salvage something. But, hey, that's what they decided to do, but that's why Rutgers is at the bottom of the Big Ten. Meanwhile, of course, we usually end the college football segment right there, but my goodness, it's October, and that means it's time for Major League Baseball postseason, one of the best postseasons around. My goodness, I love the fact that, again, you don't have to wait two, three days for the next game between these guys in a series. It's Day after day after day. I love it. It makes me so happy. You get it done in a month. Yes, there's a little bit maybe in November if some of the series go long. But other than that, we're done, which I love. You got the NL wildcard game going on right now as we speak. It has just happened. You've got the Nationals hosting the Milwaukee Brewers. Both teams coming in pretty hot, making the playoffs, which has been amazing. Actually, right now you look at the score... Uh, my goodness, Scherzer for the Nationals was, you know, in. You've got the ace for the Nationals starting the game. He's already been rocked. It's at the top of the second. He's already allowed three runs. Milwaukee is up 3-0 on the Nationals. That is not good. We'll see, of course, what happens. But, man, that is tough to see, especially, again, the Brewers. You thought they were done after... After Yelich was done for the year, but the Brewers have rallied their pitching staff. It's going to be interesting because they're going to do that approach of just throwing out 
you know, five, six pitchers a game and get the wins. That's how they're progressing with this. We'll see if that pays off. Let's see if they can hold on to this 3 nothing win. Of course, whoever wins that game will then travel to the division series to take on the Dodgers, which I don't see either uh, Milwaukee or Washington getting past the Dodgers. My goodness, the Dodgers power lineup. And, of course, they've got a really good starting pitching staff. But, again, that bullpen is shaky for the Dodgers. Meanwhile, the AL wild card game, the Rays and the A's taking place uh, tomorrow as of this recording. That should be a really interesting matchup as well. Two teams that, you know, again, the crowds might not be there all the time, especially the Rays looking at just doing half their game somewhere else. And then the Oakland A's, of course, always just scraping the bottom of the barrel. Billy Bean still finding ways to get into the postseason. Now, of course, they haven't won anything with Moneyball without with this just bare minimum budget. But hey, you've got to admire that the A's are able to still win games and be relevant there. We'll see. I like the A's at the home field there. And if they win, of course, they'll be taking on Houston, which again, I don't see them getting out of that one. So I've got the Dodgers and the Houston Astros winning their series in the DS with whoever they're going to play out of these teams out of the wild card. Meanwhile, the other two, you got the Cardinals at the Braves. I think that's going to be a great matchup. The Cardinals, again, are just a constant really in the postseason when you look at the grand scheme of things. I do have the Braves winning the Braves with a great young team. They've done wonders out in the NL East. I've got the Braves winning that series. And also in the American League, you've got the Twins and the Yankees. I'm going to go with the Yankees. They've got the great power. Yes, the pitching might not be there, but my goodness, they always seem to have the Twins number when it comes to postseason baseball or even during the regular season. So I've got um, advancing to the championship series. I've got the Braves. They're going to face the Dodgers. And then I've got the Yankees facing the Astros. So those are my picks. We'll see what happens with all of that. And, of course, we'll break all of that down on future episodes of Modern Day Gladiators. Right now, we are going to take a quick break, but we are back with shibbles and bits. Great stuff coming for you. You're listening to Modern Day Gladiators on the Outlander Media Network. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you hear the music. You know it's time for Shibbles and Bits, but also time to help thank some of our sponsors, of course, here at at Modern Day Gladiators and at Outlander Media. We got to thank Joe Shirt. You need your shirt or signs or anything to help with your product and expand your reach and your brand, hit up JoeShirt.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years here in Knoxville. They do great things. We've got our merch coming. We can't wait for it. But again, you got a a, a field hockey team. You got a kickball group. You got a, a cycling or a climbing team. Any anything, any group event, or even if you're a stand-up comedian and are going out and uh, you know you got to sell your T-shirt. You got to market your brand, man. I trust me. I've been to plenty of comedy shows in and around Knoxville. All these guys, you got to have some good T-shirts. It helps move the product. It helps get keep your name out there. 
It's awesome. Joe Shirt can help you. Go to JoeShirt.com. And, of course, Joe Shirt Deluxe. If you got ideas for a mug or a banner, anything like that, these guys can help you. They are awesome. We love them here at Outlander Media. And we know you will, too. Joe Shirt. Otherworldly Coffee, they're another great one. Otherworldlycoffee.com. You use the code Outlander at checkout. That's going to give you 20%. That's one-fifth of your stuff. It's taken off. It's great. Can't imagine uh, any better deal that you're going to get out there with Otherworldly Coffee. And, of course, it's going to cover your shipping and your taxes at least right there and probably a little bit more. But you got the Dogman Blend, the Mothman Blend, the, the Bigfoot blend, they're all great coffees. If you've been drinking too many energy drinks, my goodness, these are going to be just as good. They're going to help you get your morning started right. Check out otherworldlycoffee.com for all the great stuff that they've got. And again, use code OUTLANDER at checkout, and that's going to get you 20% off your order. Moving into everything else going on in Shibbles and Bits, and again... Got the stack of stuff here as we look into it. My goodness, the biggest news, of course, happening earlier this week. California Governor Gavin Newsom signing into law, and we've talked about it before on the show, the Fair Pay to Play Act. It is, again, it is going into effect January 2023. Big changes are coming now on the way. The clock is ticking on the NCAA. Tick tock, tick tock. NCAA. You're going to have to make some rules. Of course, they're going to immediately challenge us in court. Again, for those of you who don't know, the Fair Pay to Play Act will allow student athletes, just like any other student out there, is going to be allowed to make money using their name, image, and likeness. This is great. If you, again, want to have lessons, you know, teach people how to do certain things using your experience, that's great. If you want to sign autographs at a car dealership, that's going to be wonderful. You're going to be allowed to do that. If you have a great YouTube page, my goodness, and you want to have it monetized, you can do that. If you've got characters, this is what you do. You use the ability that you have in getting your name out there, in being an athlete at a, at a college or university, and you can take that image and use it. It, it helps expand the ideas of it. It's going to be wonderful to see. And again, it's it, it's essentially the Olympic model that they've been using for decades now in the Olympics, and it hasn't ruined the quality of the Olympic competition, really, unless you're Russians who are cheating up the wazoo. Other than that, it's been great, and hopefully you've got some other states, North Carolina, South Carolina, a couple of other states are expanding. New York is looking into this. I mean, again, this is going to happen. It's not going to go into effect, again, until January 2023, but you see LeBron James is a big uh, proponent of it. Uh, you got all this stuff. I think it was signed on one of LeBron, the, one of LeBron James' shows or something like that, which I think was a really cool move. I don't like the idea of people like, well, you shouldn't pay the players. You're not paying the players. The colleges are not giving them any money at all. The colleges are not paying them, and they've never wanted to, and that was never going to be part of this. What they're doing is it's allowing these guys to do it just like any other student. Again, I was a broadcasting major. If I was there on a full scholarship, I could still use all of this to have a great podcast like this and get famous that way. By the way, keep subscribing. You want to help me get famous? Keep subscribing and give me those five-star reviews on this podcast, Modern Day Gladiators, ladies and gentlemen. So, and again, they always talk about people like, I mean, they get their they get clothes and shoes and all these different things. Yeah, 
but they can't have jobs. See, that's one of the other things that they always argue is they're getting, you know, meals and stuff. Sometimes that's not enough for a lot of these guys who don't come from the same financial background that a lot of other students come from, where these guys can't afford to do extra things and all this stuff. And this gives them an opportunity to do that, especially if they're gifted in other ways other than just playing basketball or football or swimming or rowing, what have you. Let them be able to do that. Yes, they get certain perks for being an athlete, but that's just the way it's going to be. And don't people, the same stupid argument of, well, I mean, a booster who owns a car dealership is just going to give them money just as recruiting. Don't don't tell me that they're not already just giving them loads of money now already. Don't, don't stick your head in the sand on that argument. Let these guys be creative and have that ability to do things like that. My hat's off to them. The NCAA needs to adapt. And it's probably going to, because the way this Supreme Court right now is lined up, because we saw it when we talked about sports gambling in this country, it's going to be the same thing. They're going to lean toward that pro-capitalistic ideas. So we're going to see where all this shapes up. But I really think, again, that the NCAA, the clock is ticking. You got three years at this point, unless one of these other ones gets into law first. The NCAA is either going to have to adapt or the NCAA is going to be dead as we know it. Moving on to some other quick news here in Shibbles and Bits. The G League, which again is the developmental league for the NBA, it is going to experiment with one foul shot worth either one, two, or three points. So it depends on the type of foul that it was. An and one is still going to be one shot, but then if you're fouled and it's a two, you know, you're attempting a two uh, point shot that one shot is going to be worth two points or if you were fouled shooting a three it's going to be worth three points the idea of course is to hurry the game up i don't like the idea of punishing shooters statistics have showed that even great free throw shooters are more likely to miss the second or third free throw uh so again i i don't like the fact that you've earned all three shots or two shots because you have been fouled you worked that way and the ref called it that way I don't like that. You want to speed up the game? Just stop all the players from having to high-five each other after every free throw. I think that would hurry the game up far more than just having one free throw worth one, two, or three points. Moving into a little baseball. Of course, we've already talked postseason baseball a little bit here on the show, but a couple of interesting things. Of course, a happy trails in a good way to uh, Joe Madden, who is now leaving the Chicago Cubs. He and the Cubs organization have decided to part ways after he was there for five years. Um, Madden, he's 65, officially now a free agent after the Cubs missed the postseason for the first time in five years. So it's been a great five years, really, for the Chicago Cubs. Of course, they won their first World Series in 108 years. If Madden wanted to umpire there, I would have... An umpire. If he wanted to manage there, I would have let him manage there as long as he wanted. He brought them the first World Series title in 108 years. It was 1908, the last time the Cubs had won the World Series before 2016. The Titanic was still four years away from sinking. Archduke Ferdinand was still well enough alive for many, many more years before the last time the Cubs won the World Series. Sliced bread wasn't even invented until the 30s. So a lot of things had happened the last time the Cubs had won. But again, if Madden and the Cubs are wanting to part ways and it seems to be mutual... That's just going to be a good thing for both of them. We'll see what happens there. But hats off again. 
he's brought the Cubs something they hadn't had since 1908. So whatever he wants to do, let him do it. Meanwhile, a, a kind of a Bush League thing. I think Joe Madden and a lot of guys, I always talk about stupid unwritten rules in baseball. But this, to me, was very Bush League. It happened right in the last weekend here of the season. Uh, Mike Miner, he is a pitcher for the Texas Rangers. He got his 200th strikeout of the season. Which, even, again, I I remember 300 strikeouts used to be the mark. And as much as batters strike out now, you'd think 300 would be pretty easy to get for a lot of these guys. But anyway, he was going to get his 200th strikeout. But the reason it happened was because with one out left in the ninth inning and Mike Miner a strikeout away from reaching this 200 uh, strikeout mark for the first time in his career, he got uh, Boston Red Sox Chris Owings to pop up into foul territory, but uh, minor catcher Joe Trevino and first baseman Ronald Guzman converged on the ball, but they all let the ball drop in front, allowing the at-bat to continue, and then Mike Miner was able to get the strikeout. You know, everybody's yelling, drop it. So he said, they dropped it, which to me, again, is Bush League. It, it Let the guy come in and pitch one of the other final games of the season if you're going to do it. That just seems like it's an asterisk next to it. I know people don't care about all of that, and you know there were some contract incentives if he hit the 200 strikeout plateau. It just seems to me to be very Bush League when it comes to that. And again, Miner, he's 14-10 and 10 on the year, and I mean, I'm glad for him to come back and be able to do this for the first time, but I just, to me, it just it feels icky. The way to earn something like that. It just doesn't seem like you earn it with the best merit. I would have just put him in the next day. The Rangers and Red Sox are both out of it. Let him try and do it again the next day. That's all I have to say about that. So, moving to the NFL real quick. Uh, the Raiders, Vontez Perfect has been suspended for the rest of the year, and rightfully so, after that pretty much almost a spearing helmet-to-helmet hit on Colts tight end Jack Doyle. Over the weekend, Vontaze Burkick again, a repeat offender. The guy has been busted for PEDs. He's been just a thug forever. Maybe finally getting him out for an entire season. He'd only been suspended the most four games. Get him out for the season. Yes, I know the game is completely different, but guess what? Everybody else is adapting. You either need to adapt to it, or guess what? You're just not going to play football anymore. It's already cost him, I'm sure, millions of dollars already. Now it's going to cost you, guess what, Mr. Perfect? It's going to cost you a little bit more. You're going to have to sit there and just think about it at this point. Again, it's thuggish behavior. It's not warranted. You look at that hit he had on Doyle. There was no reason that that should have happened at all. It was just egregious and shame on Perfect, and that's the punishment he deserves to be suspended for an entire season. You also look at the NFL owners are making a move here. The collective bargaining agreement, I think, gums up at the end of next season, but the NFL owners are looking to make a move on it now. And, of course, the biggest stuff, the NFL owners want more regular season games, but, again, they're going to have to have some sort of trade-off because the players' union is not going to accept that without either a greater share of the revenue or other things. So you look at what they're proposing and they have proposed now, and I think it's the best thing they could have done, 17-game schedule, so you would add one more game. There's already 17 weeks, but you get a bye week, and then you would not have any preseason games. You look at what a lot of these teams have done already with the preseason. 
I think it's a good idea. Just get rid of the preseason. I hate it. I don't like the preseason at all. The guys barely play. Half the starters don't even play a preseason game. So get rid of it. I mean, maybe have one game. I would just keep one, I guess. But don't charge people for it. Hell, have it behind closed doors. Have a empty arena preseason game. Or just have a big old scrimmage with one of the other teams. I don't know. you got to work some of these things out. But... I love the idea of a 17th game if, again, you're going to give the players a greater share of the revenue. I would also add in another bye week. Because I think if you do that, if you add in a second bye week and make then everything else go as scheduled, I think Super Bowl Sunday is the Sunday before President's Day, which would be just great. I would love that because then you've got Monday off for a lot of people and you can just celebrate the greatness of American football and the Super Bowl without everybody having to whine about having to go to work on that Monday. So we'll see how this all shakes out. And of course, when they finally do come up with a new CBA, we will talk all about that here on Modern Day Gladiators. Quickly, my power rankings for the NFL. I've still got the Patriots number one. Tom Brady having a lousy game. One of the worst games he's probably had in his career. And the Patriots were still able to get the win against the Buffalo Bills. The Chiefs looking really good. A game Lions team. I think the Detroit Lions could make some noise. The best division in football has got to be the NFC North. I mean, the Lions, the Bears, the Vikings, and the Packers so far to start the season, all pretty darn good. But the Chiefs going in there and rallying to get the win. The Saints, my goodness, with Teddy Bridgewater getting two important wins, including beating the Cowboys that's a just a huge win for them. I love what the Saints have been able to do. We'll see if they're going to keep this momentum going and see how it's going to look when Drew Brees comes back from injury. The Rams did lose, but again, I think they look okay coming out of that loss. We'll see if it's a, an aberration or if the Rams are going to continue to pull one of those curses that you get with a lot of Super Bowl runner-ups that aren't the Patriots that kind of slide the season after going and losing in the Super Bowl. The Cowboys, with their loss, they're still, again, a top-five team right now. We're going to see what happens with the Seahawks and Packers, two teams that have a lot to prove coming up this week. The Seahawks and the Rams, that's going to be a big game on Thursday night. You've got my 49ers still undefeated, enjoying the bye week. We'll see what happens with Garoppolo and company. The Bears are looking still strong there uh, at the 9 spot. And then I've got the Ravens, who again are going to have to figure out, they talked a lot of trash. And the Browns, to their credit, finally jumped up and smacked them in the mouth. The Browns are in the lead in that division, but I still have the Ravens atop them in my power rankings. The Eagles, I still like what they're able to do. And the Bills, hey, it was a hard-fought loss. Again, I'm not taking a moral victory if I'm the Chicago, uh, Chicago, the Buffalo Bills, but, hey, they still look pretty good overall. We'll see if that can continue and see if they can make a playoff run. Meanwhile, that's going to wrap up Shibbles and Bits Wrestling. My goodness, it has the biggest week of professional wrestling since the WWF at the time, the World Wrestling Federation, and Vince McMahon purchased WCW from Time Warner or whatever the name of it was. At that point, back right before WrestleMania 17, that was just a, just groundbreaking. Again, that's still, I think, the biggest moment in professional wrestling that week with the WWF Raw, WCW Nitro simulcast, and Shane McMahon there because he was the one in storyline terms who purchased WCW going to war with his dad and all that and everything that happened because of that. That was great. This is really close to that. You had Raw... 
This just happened last night as of this recording with a brand new set. You had some really good things happen, some weird things that Lana uh, makeout section with Bobby Lashley was kind of like, I wasn't a big fan of that. But other than that, I thought it was a really entertaining Raw. They got Pyro back. They've got new announcers, which I think is really good. Meanwhile, of course, you've got the debut of AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite on TNT on Wednesday. It's going to be amazing. I am looking forward to that. And of course, Vince, not being the spiteful man that he is at all, uh, note sarcasm there, is running NXT live for two hours, and it's not part of it's not uh, on the network anymore. It's all on the USA network at two hours as well. So you've got, and they're back-to-back channels on my uh, on my channel lineup. So that's going to be really exciting to go back and forth. I'm DVRing both of them as well. But you've got NXT and AEW on Wednesday. And then, of course, you've got SmackDown debuting on Fox. You've got Brock Lesnar taking on Kofi Kingston. Some other huge matchups. Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens on a ladder match. Uh, whoever grabs the contract is firing the other one. You've got some big things there. And, of course, we'll talk all about that. In the weeks to come, stay tuned to the social media pages for Modern Day Gladiators as we break down all the big stuff in professional wrestling this week. But that's going to wrap up everything for this episode of Modern Day Gladiators. Stay tuned for, of course, the Friday show where, of course, we're going to, Trey Pack and I are going to preview the Tennessee-Georgia game. And, of course, we're probably going to have some special guests who sneak in and probably bark at us, which is I'm not going to enjoy, but... Hey, you got to do it. It's Georgia week, so we'll see how all that goes. But until then, too sweet. Love you. See you next time. <laughs>